0: to the cash-based practice owners interview series where I, Dr. Morgan Meese PT, am interviewing different clinicians across the country who practice in a variety of ways, but all outside of being in network with insurance. The world of entrepreneurship and business for healthcare professionals is full of knowledge, creativity, and amazing people just like you who wanted something different. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganneese.com. I would love to speak with you. So please join me as I interview our guest today.
1: Dr. Ali Marty is a physical therapist and president of Mobile Physical Therapy in Las Vegas in Henderson, Nevada. When she moved to Las Vegas in 2016, she worked for a private outpatient orthopedic clinic and quickly realized this clinic was different than what she was used to. Many patients to a single provider, not enough support staff, and overworked colleagues. Because of this, in 2018, she opened mobile physical therapy to provide convenient in-home physical therapy sessions to clients in Las Vegas and Henderson, Nevada. In 2020, she became a participating provider with Medicare Part B to be able to serve a clientele that she greatly enjoyed treating and had been missing, joint replacements. Currently, she provides in-home and telehealth visits for her clients who have shoulder, ankle, and knee injuries, and those who are planning to have or have had joint replacement surgeries. Typically, her clients are self-pay, but a few use Medicare Part B for payment as well. When she isn't working on her physical therapy business, you can find her with her husband, Royal, and their Wheaton Terrier, Levi. Here we
0: are. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our live stream of the week um we are here doing the cash based practice owners interview series um in our entrepreneur facebook group um and our special guest today is one of my best friends dr ali marty um she's amazing she knows everything and um she's been an awesome mentor to me since last year um we hang out all the time talk all things business and just like keeping up with each other. So you know, like one thing I've talked about before in the group is like finding a network and finding friends <laughs> that can support you on this journey. And so Allie has been that for me um, during the whole past year. And I'm super thankful for that. And so happy that you're here with us today. So thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me.
2: And one thing you didn't mention that I think is really cool. We both went to Ithaca, but we didn't know. Oh, each other. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah, we found each other out here in Las Vegas, but <laughs> both mm-hmm. came from upstate New York, which is All awesome. Way across the country. But that's still cool. yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, so cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know that you have a ton of information that'll be really helpful for a lot of our viewers, um, a lot of the people who are here. So you guys watching live right now, or if you're catching the replay, if you have any questions on the things that we're talking about, please leave a comment below. um, And either Ali or I will address it like while we're talking um, or afterwards. Uh, so yeah, like bring all the questions in because we have a lot to share. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and kick things off. Um, and a good place to start, if you don't mind, Allie, is telling us a little bit more about yourself and your journey and what led you to doing what you're doing today. Yeah. Um and this is, this is
2: fun. So thanks for letting me do this. And I will warn everybody that I've already let Morgan know, but my dog is in the room and sometimes <laughs> like to sing the song of his people. So I apologize. Him, but I hope you like dogs. Cause he's really cute. Um, so like Morgan said, I'm Dr. Allie Marty. I am a physical therapist. I own a business called mobile physical therapy in Las Vegas. I'm originally from Massachusetts and, um, I guess I got started in physical therapy. It's kind of the typical story, kind of not. I did get hurt at one point, but that was actually after I had already applied to physical therapy school. Uh, When we were talking about careers in like eighth grade, ninth grade, I thought I wanted to be a physician. And at the time I would say I wanted to be a doctor and lo and behold, I became one. Um, But so I described what I liked about the medical field. I really like helping people get better. I was always really interested in why somebody got better. And I didn't really understand that that's what I liked. But I played soccer. And so you could have Susie on the sideline because she sprained her ankle and Sarah on the sideline because she sprained her ankle. Next week, Susie's back, but Sarah's out for the rest of the season. And I was always really interested in what the difference was in why one person got back Sooner than the other, when it looked like they had the same kind of injury or problem. So when I described that, one of my classmates actually, she was on the gymnastics team with me. Remember it, this exact conversation? And she was like, "I don't think you want to be a doctor. I think you want to be a physical therapist." I was like, "Oh, interesting. I don't really know what that is." My sister had torn her ACL, had surgery, and gone through that, but that was kind of my the extent of my knowledge. And so I looked into it. And it was like, okay nail on the head, hit it. That's what I want to do. I love helping people get better and back to what they like to do, especially like the mundane, normal tasks. Like you give me somebody who needs to get up and down, the uh, up and down off the floor to play with their kids or their grandkids. I'm all over that. I want to help them be able to do that because then they can just do what they want to do every day and not necessarily like the big athletes or anything. That's cool. But um, my My fun stuff is the day-to-day. And um, so that's how I got into physical therapy. Um, Being from Massachusetts, I worked in um, some outpatient facilities, nonprofit outpatient facilities with some of the hospitals in town. And I got spoiled. I got 60 minute evals with everybody. I got 30 minute one-on-one treatments. We really didn't use texts or aids. They were just there to do any of the cleaning um, and kind of paperwork stuff. And then I moved to Rhode Island for a little bit, and I had the same kind of thing where I got one-on-one evals, 60 minutes, one-on-one 30-minute treatments. Again, we didn't even have really texts in, in the outpatient hospital setting that I was in. And so I really liked that. And then in 2016, I moved to Las Vegas. My husband was born and raised here, and we couldn't take the New England winters anymore. So we were like, okay, well, we're out of here. Just <laughs> somewhere where there's no snow. And, um, so Las Vegas it is. And when I got here, I worked in, um, some, in, in a private outpatient, uh, facility. And I was expected to see 25, 40 patients in a day get scheduled, you know, on the quarter hour, double booked, triple booked. Oh, you have an eval. Well, I also put somebody else here and it got really overwhelming for me and I knew I was on burnout central. And that just, it's just not how I wanted to live my life. I want to be able to help people, but not at the expense of me going home and crying every day and crying before work and wondering, oh, can I call out today? Can they, can they handle that? And so I just said, you know what, I need to find another job. And I couldn't, well, I couldn't find one that was going to fit my needs. So I created it. And so now I do in-home mobile sessions I also do telehealth sessions, but still prefer the in-person interaction. So, and I'll make the distinction because some people ask me, well, do you do home health? Do you do mobile? Like what's the difference? So I do mobile therapy, which is for the patient who can get outside the home. So maybe they just want somebody in their house because they're too busy. They can't make the time to get out to the clinic or um, they don't have a car, maybe it's one car in the family, maybe they're a busy mom, grandma, who's watching the kids, something like that. Whereas home health is homebound patients. They literally can't leave the home. That's um, it, The definition is like they can't, it's too taxing to go anywhere but a physician's visit or church. Mm-hmm. So if you can do something else, you're not considered homebound in, um, I think it's CMS's eyes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I've been in my own business for two years. September 4th, 2018 is when I got my EIN. So we just passed the two year mark and I'm still going <laughs> home.
0: Yay. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing and congratulations. I know it's been quite the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, Ali Marty, I think, is one of the most successful mobile PTs that I know. Personally, um, I think like she knows what she's doing. <laughs> so you know, like if you guys are it really well, <laughs> yeah, at least you know. But I mean, she's had weeks now in the past couple of months where you know she's seeing like twenty, like twenty-ish on average visits a week, and like there's no stopping. You know, like you and I have talked about the like, kind of like life balance we want, you know, and how, how that's felt having quite a full week and everything. But yeah, you know, in in the two years, you've come along so far, um, which is really cool to see. So that's awesome. Um, and you shared a little bit about like your mobile practice and everything and who you're working with. Um, and things are going great now. But if you can kind of take us back in time to like the first like three to six months of your business, tell us mm-hmm. about that time in your business life.
2: Yeah. So the first three months of my business, I was still working full-time at that private outpatient facility here in town. So I had already thought before I made my EIN that I wanted to do this. Obviously, it had already been a thought, but my husband and I, um, his name is Royal Royal and I thought, okay, we, we can't do this full disclosure. We bought another non healthcare related business effective June 1st, 2018. And I formed my company September 4th, 2018. So that was just a handful of months after. And we thought, oh, we're not ready for this. Like we have to take over this whole other business. And so I was gonna wait. I was probably gonna wait a year or two. Maybe I wouldn't have even been doing it right now had we waited. But um the uh somebody who helped us buy the other business, he tore his ACL. And he is a busy working professional and he went to his prescribed PT that his surgeon recommended and he called me that night. He goes, uh-uh, I can't do this. What do we need to do to get you started? And I was like, "Oh, it was that bad." He goes, "Yeah, I timed it for how long they spent with me, and I can't, I can't waste my time for that because they they spent eight minutes with me. I timed it." And then a couple months later, he showed me the insurance bill of everything that was billed. He's like, "How, do, how does how does this correlate with eight minutes?" And I was like, "That's okay. We don't need to worry about it." <laughs> but the long story of, of the long story short of that is. He said, I need to get started. What do we need to do? So that night we formed the LLC, got everything organized, and I saw him two days later for his first evaluation. So I was seeing him twice a week. I worked four tens at my old job, so I would see him once in the middle of the week and once on the weekend um, for the first couple of months that I was starting. And I didn't have any other patients. I, um, at that time, So that was September, October, I started doing official home health to make sure I felt comfortable going into people's homes and like what all of that entailed. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to just show up. Let me go have somebody teach me what they teach other people about how to go into your into somebody else's home appropriately. So I did that for a little while. And I also kept up with that so that I could have some income while I built my business but also still have that time freedom that I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And I gave my notice and my last day at my old job was November 30th, 2018. And I was free on my own for a little while. That was scary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a real person now. I have to do things for myself. I have to find clients. What am I gonna do? So it was nerve wracking and um, I had to figure out how much am I gonna charge people? had to figure out what am I gonna use to bring equipment? Am I gonna bring equipment? Am I just gonna use things in people's homes to help them that way? Um, At this time, while I'm trying to figure all of this out, a friend is a physical therapy assistant in Arizona and she needed a physical therapist on site. So that was down in Yuma, Arizona. And for everybody who doesn't know the geography of Arizona, Yuma is practically the border of Mexico. It's a five-hour drive from Las Vegas. so I did that every week for about 60 days. Um, Drove down on Tuesday morning, worked Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday all day, Thursday morning, drove back to Vegas, did home health and my own business Friday through Monday, and just kept that cycle going. That was tough. I don't recommend doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, (laughs) But it
0: kept it kept money in the bank while I was still trying to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like to me that I think like a lot of us who get started with things, like it's pretty rocky before you really get going, you know, on your own. And it takes a lot of perseverance, um, you know, and like self-motivation and determination, knowing that you're going to make it at some point, you know, kind of just going through some hard stuff at the beginning. And, you know, besides like juggling like three different jobs all at one time, um, as you were building your own business, what were like one or two of like the biggest struggles you went through and how did you overcome them?
2: Yeah. So I think the biggest struggle was finding out who I want to work with, like who my ideal client was. Um, I used to say that my ideal client was my husband, not exactly him but the idea of him he's a busy working professional he would pay somebody out of pocket if he had an injury to go and help him and do it at his office or come to our house and figure that out but I learned very quickly that busy working professionals are busy working professionals they don't have time for anything and um they wanted me available on weekends. They wanted me available late nights, seven, eight o'clock. For anybody who doesn't know, my bedtime is 8.30. So <laughs> that wasn't gonna work. Um, i <laughs> early for that. So I wanted to treat people first thing in the morning. And so trying to find people who wanted that, like I'll go see somebody at 5 a.m. if they want. I mean, please don't just say 5 <laughs> a.m. because I just said that, but um, I'd rather do that than seven or eight o'clock at night. And so, I was finding that uh, the people I thought I wanted to work with weren't the people I want to work with. And so I think finding my ideal client and really narrowing down uh, was was a big struggle. And everybody says, you know, niche down or niche down, however you want to say it. And I I was scared to do that. I was like, I don't want to limit myself. I don't want to tell somebody, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only work with X, Y, or Z people. Because then I won't get referrals for anything else and I'm, I'm not going to see anybody and that is by far So far from the truth like niche down, You're still going to see the people that you want to um, And maybe you'll get a handful of other people um, Here and there. I mean, I, I get some phone calls from people who read my website and they'll ask for um, Help with chronic neck pain or chronic low back pain that is listed nowhere on my website. Will I do it? Absolutely. Can I yes? Um, but my website's all about joint replacements. So that's far from the 40 year old with chronic neck pain. Um, so I think that was the biggest struggle. And so I listened to, I follow a bunch of, you know, people on here, listen, to podcasts, Facebook groups, and just sat down and said, who do I want to work with? So one of the best pieces of advice, and honestly, I can't really remember who I heard it from, But I was told, think of the last 10 people that you worked with, think of what their characteristics are, write them down, and then see what everybody has in common. It could be um, their demographic, it could be their gender, it could be uh, where they work, it could be where they hang out after work, it could be sports that they like to play. Like just figure out what all of those things have in common. So that helped me start narrowing it down. And I started narrowing down to um, body parts that I wanted to work with. So I help people with shoulder, ankle and knee problems, especially knee replacements. And then I started thinking about, okay, so age range. Well, let's think about who's getting a knee replacement. Those people are usually 55 and older. Um, So that means they're either retired or close to retired. So opposite of that busy working professional I originally thought. And my ideal client tends to fit the mold of a female gendered person. Um, And then you just go from there and you keep whittling it down. And I think that was one of the best things that I could do. It was really hard in the beginning and I didn't believe I had to do it in the beginning. But trust me, you got to do it in the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like, it'll make your marketing a lot easier, you know, especially when you're creating content and everything. And really, even just like telling people what you do, it makes it a lot easier than being like, Oh, like, I work with everybody doing everything all the like, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense. And um, I think that it also helps kind of like, sculpt your, like, new work life, like, the, the career and the job that you're creating yourself to where, like, you're surrounding yourself with people that you en- enjoy being around for the most part, you know, instead of feeling like you have to say yes to, like, every single person who comes your way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. and I definitely don't say yes to every single person that comes my way. I am
0: yeah.
2: um, and I get to be unfortunate like that. Like, I, I've created... I've started creating a life that I want to lead and a work life that I want to lead. And I get to do that. So I get to be picky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just go through all the hardship and then you can be picky and do exactly what you want. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Cool. And, you know, I think the first part about finding your clients is definitely, you know, the niching down that you're talking about. And then one of the like other like biggest questions that I get from people and like I think one of the biggest fears that keeps people from like starting this is like, well, where am I going to find clients? Where Mm. do I even find patients? So if somebody asked you that, what advice do you have on that?
2: Yeah. So meet everybody you can. Network like nobody's business. Um, so I did join a networking group. There are some other people that have mentioned that they joined BNI. Um, and I did that and it's been very helpful. I get some clients from it, which is great. Um, A lot of the clients I get are considered tier one referrals. So a member in the group or a member of another BNI group that's found me on the networking app or a family member of theirs. But it also helped me figure out who, how do I tell people what I do? You have a 30 second commercial in networking events. You have to be able to give your elevator pitch and make it stick. And so, um, so going to other networking events and those can be a little nerve wracking. So you can also just search people out. That's how I found you Morgan. I stalked the heck out of you on (laughs) I was like, oh cool. She posted and she said she's in Henderson, Nevada, literally in one of these Facebook groups where people are like, hey, I'm looking for another PT in Nevada or somebody licensed in Nevada you comment and you're like, yeah, I'm in Henderson. I was like, Oh, sweet.
0: Facebook message. <laughs> Morgan, you want to meet for coffee? Yeah. And I was like, sure. I don't know you, but yeah, let's do it. Yeah.
2: And I mean, meet as many people that way as you can or join other, um, groups of things that you enjoy. Like just go and meet people. Don't even try and sell yourself. Just meet people hear what they need and then if you have something to offer great if not you've met somebody else who has a whole network of other people so maybe down the line they'll know somebody that needs your services um you know there are running groups if you like to run knitting groups if you like to knit like just go go find your crew and make it people that you know like and trust because that's who people refer to, people they know, like, and trust. So get your name out there, get yourself out there, and meet as many people as you can. And don't don't be salesy, just be a person and be like, hey, I'm Dr. Alley, I'm a physical therapist. Oh, who do you help, what do you do? And then you can have your 30 second commercial, your elevator pitch to describe what you do, and then Exchange cards if you want or just be like, hey, I'd love to meet up with you for coffee sometime. Play the long game is really what I'm saying. Like, don't try and get all of these referrals right off the bat because that's not going to work. And you're just going to be the sleazy salesperson to everybody. Like, make connections, make relationships, say hi to people, smile, smile. I'm bad at that. Like, I'm doing it right now. Like I'll I'll smile here, but I usually have RBF and everybody's like, "Mm, she's not a bad (laughs) person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you're saying is you kind of have to if you're, if you're really serious about this and about doing it for like the good of your community and the good of your patients and like keeping yourself like whole and happy in your heart and in your soul, you have to plant a lot of seeds and take care of them, you know, and nurture them and help them grow. So that, you know, when it comes time to saying like, oh yeah, I can fix that. This is what I charge, you know, are you open to that? you know, people are just like, heck yeah, you know, because like if, if it were vice versa, you know, and they offered something that you needed, um, you know, and you guys had a really good relationship, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can opt into that too. And like, that's where a lot of it really comes from is people buying from people, like you said. Yeah.
2: And honestly, like you, you just reminded me of something. Like once I recognize that I shouldn't be a salesperson, Nobody was asking me how much it costs to work with me. Everyone was like, okay, so when when can you come see me? we they're like, okay, well, here's what I do. Here's when I can come see you. Here's when I'm in that part of town. And then, and then at the end, it's almost like, should I mention to them how much it costs? They haven't <laughs> asked yet. I always end it with, did you have any other questions for me? They don't. They're ready. They know I am not taking their insurance or, or, or that they have to pay out of pocket. And recently, nobody asked me the price. Not until credit card's already in hand. So like being a person first, like don't be nervous about that cost conversation because if you're a person first, they don't care. Like mm-hmm. you sound like you know what you're, you're talking about. You sound like you can help me. Great, whatever. I don't, you can charge me whatever you want. Here's my credit card. I'm ready
0: to pay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think like that's definitely like a part of finding your niche is like including that in your avatar is somebody who like takes value in you know putting putting your health first, you know, and they're willing to exchange money like as an energy to make that happen and to get better care, like more timely care, and have an overall better experience too. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then that just reminded me what you're saying about like you know having this conversation. You've already built a relationship, and the pricing kind of comes after the fact. Um, have you recently, or you know in the past, like had to have that conversation of you know, Dr. Ali, do you take my insurance? Mm-hmm. And if so, how do you handle it?
2: So I do have that. Um, I do have that conversation. The question doesn't come up that often. Most people who are ready to call me already recognize that. I'm probably not um, in network with their insurance. And actually most people assume it's because I'm coming to their house, not not because of what I'm doing or anything like that. Or somebody has told them that I don't take their insurance. And I'm I'm usually very clear that I'm not in network with their insurance, but I. Um, Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, people think that just because I come to their house, that insurance doesn't pay for it, which is not always the case. But so I have that conversation and kind of start off with. You know, let's find out if I can help you first. So if they come off right off the bat and usually if they just call me right off the bat and are looking to see if I take their insurance, their priority is the financial obligation their priority is not their health and well-being so part of my avatar is somebody who prioritizes their health and well-being and would pay any amount of money to lead the life they want to lead in a healthy way and so i think putting that out there in the universe like brings that back into me but when i do have that conversation i have the portals to be able to look up to see what somebody's insurance benefits are and i offer that to them i say well let's let's what, if we find out that they are a good fit for me i'll go through the steps and say okay i have the availability to look up your insurance benefits would you like me to do that and they usually say yes so i ask you know can you give me the information i can do it right now on the phone i only ever call somebody back when i'm already in front of my computer so, I don't call somebody when I'm driving around town to somebody else's appointment. I want to give my full focus to them. So, I'm ready to do it right then and there. So, I'll type in the information. I use a validity and I'll type in the information right there. And I can see if they have in network and out of network benefits, their deductible, and, um, and tell them right then and there like, okay, so you do have out of network benefits. It looks like it's a 40% coinsurance once you meet your deductible. Your deductible is X, Y, or Z. What that means is your insurance could potentially pay for some or or all of this if you meet those needs. And then I ask if they would want to move forward with using out of network benefits and I can help navigate that. I never make any promises that I can do it because I actually haven't done it yet. Um, Something I'm toying with. But um, so so far, nobody has said I want to use out of network benefits. Everybody's just like, oh, you know what? Let me just pay out of pocket, and then if I want to figure out the reimbursement later, I will. Um, But having said that, if somebody only wants to use in-network benefits, I have some other PTs in town that I'll refer them to, and I'll just say, you know what, if that is the priority here, I know some very good, trustworthy, you know, exceptional PTs here in town Would you like me to give them your information? Would you like me to connect you to them and go that way? Uh, And then also I am a participating provider with Medicare Part B. So I have a couple of clients right now for Medicare Part B uh, that I am billing uh, Medicare for. And I will say for the viewers, that's the original Medicare. That's not an advantage plan. If you don't know the difference, please, 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 please go research it because Medicare Part B is one thing. Advantage plans are Part C or other letters, I'm sure. Um, See, I don't even know all of it. I'm still learning. But um, I'm hoping to get paid any day by Medicare.
0: (laughs) Woo, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's definitely a hurdle to like figure all of these things out. It's doable. Um, but you know, it's definitely helpful to have somebody who's already been doing it, you know, kind of like walk you through it and everything. Um, and speaking of Medicare, I know that we have a lot of people in this group who are considering doing like a cash-based practice plus Medicare, which is a really, it seems like it's becoming a lot more common, mm-hmm. um, to have those be like two of the like, kind of like payer option is it's either out of pocket or, you know, maybe, um, and I get a lot of questions about Medicare. I don't take mm-hmm. Medicare, so I don't really know much about it. Um, so let's talk about Medicare patients and a cash-based practice. So, Allie, if you want to speak a little bit more to that um, and help us get some clarity, that'd be helpful.
2: Uh, I hope I can give you some clarity. I don't yeah. make any promises. Um, <laughs> I still think it's so confusing, but... I personally think it's totally worth it. And it's totally worth it for me, but Morgan, if you're seeing clients, cause I know your avatar, not totally worth it for you. So I think yeah. that's the number one thing is figuring out, do you even need to learn? Like, I mean, yes, you need to learn about Medicare stuff. Cause I think it's very helpful, but do you need to be a participating provider with Medicare? You might not if you don't want to see people who are of the Medicare age, the right. typical Medicare age, mm-hmm. then why if if you're right. if you're not seeing or wanting to see that primary clientele, it might not matter for you. So it might be a moot point. Um, right. Let's say The typical Medicare age, because you can have younger people who are on Medicare if they have um, other underlying diseases. But when I when I'm talking about Medicare right now, in the Medicare age, I'm talking about those who are 65 and older, and um, and so for me, I want to see joint replacements. So that's that age range, and a lot of them have Medicare Part B. A lot of them don't, though, and so for me, I decided to. Learn it, become a participating provider, and if you don't know the difference between participating and non-participating provider, you're still submitting claims to Medicare, whether you're participating or non-participating with Medicare Part B. It just determines what the fee schedule is. So I am a participating provider, so I am restricted to Medicare's limiting charge, and you can look up the physician fee schedule for your local area to find out what that is and it's going to be different depending on where you live and then the non-participating provider can bill the patient directly for 115 percent above the non-participating provider limiting charge and the patient now this is where i'm not 100 percent sure but the patient can get reimbursed up to 95 percent of the non-participating limiting charge and Please don't quote me on that. Research <laughs> that yourself. Uh, lots of good, great resources out there. Um, like Anthony Maritato has a whole Facebook group about it. Um, Nancy Beckley has lots of compliance stuff related to it. And she's she posts in that Facebook group all the time. So go, go and find the people who are reading the sources. Don't just go by what Joe Schmo down the street says, oh, I think I can charge cash to Medicare as long as they just say they want to pay me. No, no, not true. Please don't do that. (laughs) Um, Because Medicare has a mandatory claim submission. If you're providing skilled physical therapy services, you must submit a claim. And that's where it kind of gets into the nitty gritty yeah. Um, I okay went off on a tangent a little bit. Do you mind re-asking me your question?
0: No, that was fine. Like really, I think, you know, like when we're first getting into starting our own business in therapy, you know, like you don't like have no idea, like no concept coming out of school, you know, like what Medicare even like looks like and how that can impact business. Like let alone, you know, how to like start and grow a business. And so it's like, it's a lot to get into. And so honestly, like that was great to just give us like some awareness of how Medicare can impact your business as like a private practice owner. Um, You know, and if it is like your ideal clients could potentially have Medicare, you know, or you're like accepting people who might have Medicare. It is something to look into a lot more, um, you know, and like you said, like follow people who are reading the things, look it up yourself um, and get a really clear understanding of that so that when it comes to working with your patients, like you can tell them either, you know, like, yes, I'm doing Medicare. No, I'm not. Here's why. This is what has to happen in order for us to work together. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really great. And like you were just mentioning at the end, um, Skilled care. Tell us mm. more about skilled care with Medicare services and why like we have to work with Medicare with that versus like what is unskilled or like wellness services for Medicare age patients.
2: Yeah. So I I can give um, a decent description and I will say go to the source. So don't just go by Joe Schmo down the street. CMS. They They have it all out there for you. You have to find it, but go to cms.org and go and look up their policies and procedures. So I have Medicare regulations and guidance chapter 15, uh, section 220, and this portion is specifically 220.2. So this is outpatient services rendered. And so um, to be, I'm reading directly from it. So to be covered, services must be skilled physical therapy services as described in this chapter, and be rendered under the conditions specified. Services provided by professionals or personnel who do not meet the qualification standards and services by qualified people that are not appropriate to the setting or conditions are unskilled services. A service is not considered a skilled therapy service merely because it is furnished by a therapist or by a therapist therapy assistant under the direct or general supervision as applicable of a therapist. Um, if a service can be safe, it can be self-administered or safely and effectively furnished by an unskilled person without the direct or general supervision as applicable of a therapist, the service cannot be regarded as a skilled therapy service even though a therapist actually furnishes the service. So. With that definition my understanding is just because I provide the service as a physical therapist does not Automatically make it a skilled service mm-hmm. So and there are, you know, there are some fine Well, I don't want to say fine lines because they're really not gray areas I just don't understand all of the areas yet and I'm still learning it because I have some Medicare um, patients right now and i'm toying with the idea of is this a skilled service like just because i'm doing it doesn't make it a skilled service could he could he or she have this service rendered by their carrier their spouse their daughter their son so for example if i have somebody doing a straight leg race after knee replacement they need my skilled services for my understanding they need my skilled services to instruct them on the proper technique of the exercise they need my expertise to be able to educate them on why you want to keep your knee locked out straight during it instead of letting it be bent but if they can do that exercise without me demonstrating it again without me cueing them again without me saying you know you're bending your knee again you're not paying attention again you're doing this you're doing they don't need my level of expertise and they just need somebody to remind them oh you're supposed to do 10 repetitions or hey don't forget your straight leg raises an exercise dr ali wants you to do if they need something other than that then it's probably not a, I mean, it's probably a skilled service if they need something other than that. But like, if they just need to be reminded that that's an exercise they should be doing, maybe they can set a reminder on their calendar, or maybe their caregiver can tell them. So from my understanding, like that kind of thing, just repetition over and over and over again, just because it's a good exercise, like a personal trainer could guide them through that exercise. Their wife, their husband, they could guide them through that exercise. So from my understanding, that's not necessarily skilled at that point anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm looking back at the Medicare regulations again. Um, so services that do not meet the requirements for covered therapy services in Medicare manuals are not payable using codes and descriptions as therapy services. For example, services related to activities for the general good and well, welfare of patients, e.g. general exercises to promote overall fitness and flexibility and activities to provide diversion or general motivation do not constitute therapy services for Medicare purposes. Also services not provided under a therapy plan of care or provided by staff who are not qualified or appropriately supervised are not payable therapy services. So. If I were in a clinic and I had a tech going through exercises with a Medicare patient, I I shouldn't be billing for that because
0: yeah. that
2: person doesn't need my skilled services anymore. They can use that tech who at the clinics I've worked in are usually high school aged um, people working in the clinic to get their observation hours. Maybe they want to go to college in the healthcare field or something like that. So if they can guide them through those exercises, Medicare doesn't pay for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's important to note because we have seen in some clinics how that is still getting billed. And so it's important for you as your own practice owner to know about that rule, um, I think, because that can be a really dangerous, dangerous place to walk. (laughs) Um, and it also sounds like to me that based like on what you read, that if like, I were a therapist who wanted to run like a fitness program, either one-on-one or like group training fitness program for older adults, just to keep them like active and healthy, um, that would not be skilled. And I could charge cash for that. Does that sound right to you?
2: That sounds like my understanding. Like if, if I were, providing a group exercise class that a Medicare beneficiary could go and take that is equivalent to something that's being done at, let's say their local YMCA or a silver sneakers program. And it's something like that just to keep them generally active and mobile. From my understanding, that's a, that's a self-pay service that Medicare does not cover. Um, cool. I also do treatments, for dry needling which Medicare does is that's not a covered service for them. So I could charge somebody out of pocket for that as well.
0: Cool. Awesome. Good to know. Um I think that definitely helps to clear a lot of stuff up. Um and another question that I have for you that like I get asked about is you know like if you are going to be billing insurance and things, you like probably need a referral, you get referrals from your Medicare patients, is that right? Like from their physician?
2: So, um, Medicare doesn't require a, a referral okay. for services, mm-hmm. but we do require that the plan of care be signed by the overseeing physician, either okay. the referring physician or somebody who's overseeing the, the plan. Um, mm-hmm. And so I will say, so in the state of Nevada, we have unlimited unrestricted direct access. So I don't need a referral for anybody. Yeah. It's awesome. Let's keep <laughs> that going, please. Yeah. And let's get some more states that way. Um, but so, so far, I, I've actually only had one patient who, uh, excuse me, two patients who have had referrals. One was Medicare and one was a self pay client, mm-hmm. but everybody else, the, who I have with Medicare, I faxed the plan of care, to the provider. And so what I do is I I ask all of my clients if a provider has referred them, because I keep tallies on that. Because if somebody's going to be doing really well, I want that physician to know who I am and mm-hmm. refer me again if they want. Um, but, where was I going with this? Oh, so with the Medicare people, sorry. At least I'm trying to talk sometimes. <laughs> I
0: mean. So with the
2: Medicare people, Um, I always ask them, do you have a physician who would be willing to sign this plan of care? Because in order for Medicare to pay for it, I need this plan of care signed. And most everybody does. So maybe it's their primary care physician. I had um, one person who said, oh, well, my oncologist wants me to get therapy for general weakness so I can have them sign it. Great. Perfect. Whoever's willing to sign it and is actively caring for you. Let's do that Mm
1: -hmm. um, in order
2: for Medicare to pay for it. But I will say that there is a caveat on that. that Some people think, oh, well, if I'm not going to get a provider to sign off on this plan of care, then I can charge somebody, um, out-of-pocket who has Medicare, and that's not the case. Just because you don't have a signature on the plan of care, medic- I mean, i if you want me to take the time to scroll through, I can find the section on here, but it, that that does not automatically deem it not skilled and not medically necessary. So um, I do make sure that I get those referrals signed, so that, mm-hmm. I mean, not the referral signed, the plan of care signed mm-hmm. so that I can get so I can potentially get paid for the services rendered.
0: We're yeah, still, still waiting on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. I think that's that's awesome. That's really good information to know. And, um, I know, like in states like you and I, like may or may not be familiar with it, but like in states that have not as much direct access, you know, and say like a PT can see somebody for two weeks before they need a referral and everything. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it would be a pretty similar conversation to have with the patient, like right from the get go to just get their physician's information like on Mm -hmm. file, um, you know, and make sure that between the three of you that you can keep things going, keep the plan of care going and just get a signature when you need one.
2: Yeah. Cause what I've done so far and I've only had a handful of Medicare clients, but I've actually called that physician's office and asked the person who answers the phone, which is usually the, once it goes through all the systems, the medical assistant, I'll just say, you know, I'm here, I am caring for so-and-so patient, being seen by so-and-so physician for this diagnosis, is that something if I sent my plan of care over, so-and-so physician would be able to sign Mm -hmm. And, um, I had one person say, no, they wouldn't be able to sign it because that patient has never mentioned that problem to us. And like the meta system was going through the list. So no, we, we won't sign that until that person comes in and can get evaluated. So I found that really helpful because I knew right off the bat that that physician was not going to sign it if I sent it over.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so then I went back to the patient and said, okay, have you talked to a physician about this problem? And cause the so-and-so physician before was the primary and they had actually seen somebody a little bit more specialized, but hadn't seen them in a little bit of time. And so they just automatically, the patient was like, Oh, well, I'll just have my primary sign it. So I said, we'll give me the specialist information. Let me call them because either way, let's just find out because maybe the specialists will sign it. If not, go see your primary,
1: mm-hmm.
2: have a consult, talk to them about it. Cause they said, as long as they get the information and evaluate for you, they would be willing to sign it. You just have to go in there first. So I thought that that's helpful yeah. um, to make sure that you're sending it to somebody who will sign it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like kind of having like a pre-communication prior to just like faxing it over will yeah. ensure like the process happens a lot smoother yeah
2: and i also I, as soon as they say yes i hit go on
0: fax so it's like okay
2: <laughs> it should be arriving in the next five minutes <laughs> it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it's signed faster but at least they get the heads up that it's coming
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really helpful. Um, And then last kind of like Medicare question, you know, if somebody in this group is like, yeah, like I want cash plus Medicare practice. Like how do I go about getting started? What Mm -hmm. would you suggest for them? (sighs) Well, I would start off by going
2: to the CMS website. That's, that's number one. Just see what you need to learn. Um, It has a lot of information Um, To sign up, you need to go through the PECOS, P-E-C-O-S, website. Uh, And they they have a step-by-step guide on how to apply online or in person Um, if if you want. That's how I did it. I just went to their website and did the step-by-step guide and and submitted it. I did that last year. Um, And it was really easy. It was time-consuming just because I wanted to make sure – I crossed my T's and dotted my eyes and everything like that. Um, but if you don't want to go to those resources, um, Anthony Meritado has, like I mentioned earlier, has that Medicare group, and he has some YouTube videos that are excellent. He has um, a lot of free content about it, and then he also has a paid program that I highly recommend. i I I bought it. I I wouldn't go back to not buying it. It was very effective. <laughs> This, I mean, sure, it's a, uh, I'm highly recommending it, but I, that's not an ad, I guess I'm trying to say, <laughs> like, I'm not being really paid by Anthony to say that. I highly, highly recommend information. Um, so you can go to that and it's easy to follow. And the Facebook group, there are, there's so much good information from just everybody as well as somebody else who's gone through it. But Yeah. I would say do those things, cms.gov, Picos, Facebook group, Anthony Maritato Medicare billing.
0: Awesome. Cool. Great information um, and you know, really clear on how to get started because I think that's where like a lot of people get really overwhelmed is they're just like, ah, like <laughs> I don't even know what I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's kind of hard to find it, but you know, like you said at the beginning, if you surround yourself with people who have already gone through it or like know somebody who knows what they're doing, um, then like, it's helpful. All you have to do is ask and Google things too. like, just don't be afraid to type into Google. How do I enroll in Medicare or
2: whatever it is? Um, And I think once you are in, I think this has to be once you're enrolled in Medicare, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, going to your Mac, um, MAC. So in Nevada, ours is Meridian, and the Meridian website has a lot of great information. There's literally a section that says New Provider, New Billing. Click it, and it has a bunch of information for anybody who's a new provider or a new biller to Medicare. Perfect.
0: Awesome. They yeah. want to help you, you just have yeah. to find information. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to figure out where it is. It's like a good little, um, scavenger hunt kind of. (laughs) Cool. Um, let's see. And so kind of like second to last question. Um, if somebody were considering getting started with their own private practice, whether, you know, it's, it's mobile, um, or, you know, other different modes of service delivery, but they, they wanted their own, cash-based practice they want to start seeing patients on their own what are like your top two pieces of advice to somebody who's first getting started
2: uh do it yesterday <laughs> don't wait just do it um because they'll never be a perfect time so yes. just do it um but in all in, in all seriousness um find out Find out who your ideal client is. That would be number one. So figuring that out, and uh, I don't know. I mean, there are so many things that like you need to do, but some are like, oh, it can wait. Like you don't need to, you don't need to figure out all of your intake forms. Like you need your your privacy forms, your your consent to treat forms, get those from a lawyer. Pay the money, get it from a lawyer, get that stuff covered. And then the other stuff, like your, your questions of how did this happen, when did this happen, what are your other past medical stuff, you don't need that from a lawyer. But anything where somebody is signing consent for something, signing consent for you to build their insurance, signing consent or authorization that they understand what the privacy policy is, HIPAA compliance, things like that, get a lawyer to do it. Um, don't try and do it yourself. Don't try and get it from somebody else because you're covering your own you-know-what. So mm-hmm. pay to cover your you-know-what. You um, so I guess those are my um, top three. Do it yeah. yesterday. Get a lawyer for those forms and figure out who you want to be targeting and talking to. Because if you don't know who you want to talk to, you're never going to get your voice heard. If I want to talk to, you know, grandmas who are having joint replacement surgeries, I want to talk to them about playing with their grandkids. I don't want to be talking to the busy working professional who can't get out of the office. Those are two very different people. And my yeah. message is never going to be heard. Not because I didn't say the right thing, I just didn't say it to the right person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Thank you so much. Um, cool. So, kind of like to wrap things up, um, you know, you've shared a ton of really good information today that I know a lot of people <laughs> will really value. So, thank oh. you. Um, but, kind of like, promo um, where can people find you and how can we support you
2: yeah so you can find me um, my business page is mobile physical therapy um, on Facebook so mobile PTLV um, for Las Vegas mobilept.us is my website you can also find me on Instagram mobileptlv um And on LinkedIn, Dr. Allie Marty PT. How can you support me? Now tell all your family and friends who have arthritis and need joint replacements that are in Nevada to call me. Yeah, (laughs)
0: absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Allie. Um, Really appreciate you being here. Um, And everybody who's watching, you know, definitely let me know if you have questions on getting started. Uh, Comment below and tag Allie if you have questions on any of the the stuff that she shared today. Um, We're both super happy to help you. Um, And I think you're, I mean, I've interviewed now probably like, 12 people I think you're probably the 12th person to say just start your practice so it yeah. seems to be a common theme so you guys need to do it it'll be great um, um yeah but thank you so much for being here thank you for
2: having me this was less nerve-wracking than I thought it would be you did so good I don't like being in front of the camera if anybody notices on my Facebook and website and stuff I don't have videos I'm working on it so <laughs> this was a good teaser to get me
0: started and going out there so thank you yeah yeah absolutely and your first comment says this was awesome you did so good oh cool I can't see that
2: comment oh no I- yes I can all it says on my end is Facebook user though so, thank you thank.
0: <laughs> All right cool. Well I uh, hope everybody has a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here and for watching. Let us know what we can do to support you um, and thank you again to Allie. and have a good day. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am honored to be a part of this community and it is my hope that by spreading the stories of clinicians just like you who wanted something more and went after it, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of and that you work so hard for. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganmeese.com. I would love to speak with you. and You can also find me on Instagram at DrMorganMeese. So who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Please email me at morgan at thewellphysio.com. I'll talk to you guys soon.